0: Hello and welcome to So This Works, the lifestyle and business podcast about work-life balance. My name is Marcus Lee and I'm your host. On today's episode, I talk to Erica Mackay of the Marketing Detective Agency, a marketing and advertising company based in London. Erica is a real inspiration and on the episode today, we discuss the choices that led her to her current career choice, her former career as a bodyguard, why she relocated from South Africa to the United Kingdom and the importance of taking risks and making bold decisions. This is episode 16 of the podcast and I hope these conversations inspire you and encourage you to take big steps in your own life and career. So nod your head when the beat kicks in and we'll get started with the episode. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. welcome to the So This Works podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Thanks for having me, Marcus. I'm great, thanks. Wonderful, wonderful. So I always do a little introduction at the start of the podcast to introduce people, but could you just introduce yourself? Just, just tell us a bit about y- yourself, the name of your organization, what you do.
1: So I'm Erica McKay. My company is the Marketing Detective Agency, and we use detective skills to unpack every business's ideal target clients and
0: help them craft a message that will attract the right client to them. Wonderful. So why a career in marketing then? Why did you choose that career? I think it really
1: fitted my personality. I originally started studying accountancy, yeah, um and after one year of doing that, I then did a vacation job for two months at an accountancy firm, yeah, and realized being stuck in a room with numbers and boxes of paper, which is what they did to me, would kill me
0: right.
1: um and I fell in love with understanding how people work, yeah through. Um, a career I went into uh, being a bodyguard for a few years right? and fell in love with understanding clients and people and marketing was an obvious
0: fit. Fantastic. So how long have you been working in marketing for? So I've been working in marketing, I'm giving away my age now, but <laughs> for more than 20 years. Okay. So you have some experience, you know what you're doing by now. Yes, I think <laughs> I do. <laughs> Wonderful. Quick question then. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way in in this career of marketing? Because obviously, whatever career we do, the longer we do it, you know, we get more experience, we get better at what we do. So what are some of the life lessons you've learned along the way?
1: I think the biggest lesson for me is that it all starts with understanding your target client. Yeah. It's just the most fundamental, critical thing. And once you understand that target client and how the product or service you have Solves their pain or gives them pleasure. Yeah, that combination will make marketing easy. Okay, um, and for me, that has been such a fundamental realization, and it's how I help my clients is just getting that sweet spot of who the client is and what their pain is that you solve.
0: Wonderful. Now, I met you, Erica, on a networking. A Zoom call. We've all moved into a world of Zoom. I'd never heard of Zoom six months ago, but now we're all using Zoom. And you shared your experiences of how you moved into the world of marketing and what you did before you were involved in marketing. And you, just like you said earlier in the conversation, you, you were a bodyguard, which I found so intriguing. I found it so interesting. And you shared your story. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on because some of the things that you said to those lucky people they were amazing. <laughs> and I love you to share it again for the people who listen to this podcast. Well, so you yeah, were thanks. a bodyguard. Yes,
1: I was. Not a bouncer. So I do have to keep repeating that to people. Yeah. I was not one of the people who stood at club doors and refused you entry. Yeah. Or chucked you out when you were drunk. That's yeah. not who I was.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a bit difficult for the listeners, but I am not very muscular. I do not look like Lara Croft. <laughs> I, In fact, my son calls me squishy. Oh, that's nice. It's probably the best way to describe <laughs> me. So I'm not what you would think of as your typical bodyguard. Yeah. But being a bodyguard doesn't mean that you have to be big and bulky and strong. Yeah. And the company I worked for was all about using your brains and preparing for events and really understanding the person you're protecting how they are likely to behave how are they going to be you know triggers yeah. what's what's in their minds yeah. and then also understanding the person who's going to attack them do they work in groups do they shoot guns do yeah. they like bombs do they like publicity and when you understand all of that, you can get your client safely through any situation. and so it's using your mind much more than
0: your physical strength
1: that I did in my nine years.
0: That's amazing. I mean, even some of the language that you just use there, referencing guns and bombs <laughs> it's just not the it's not the water cooler conversation you, you know we don't talk about those things all the time. Can I just go back and just ask what made you want to become a bodyguard?
1: Well, um so this was back in South Africa. At uh, South Africa you may tell I'm South African from my accent. Yeah. Um and I was working as a security guard at night to pay for my studies. So while I studied in the daytime, I worked at night uh, patrolling the campus and keeping students safe. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I didn't really patrol. I was spoiled and I got to stay in the in the office a lot, but that's a different story. Yeah. And um one of my personality traits Marcus is I I can't take being told I can't do something I'm excessively stubborn yeah and if you tell me I can't do it well I just have to prove you wrong yeah and uh, some of the guys that I worked with were going on this bodyguard course and they told me girls can't do that Uh so that was red flag to (laughs) So of course I had to sign up so there wasn't it wasn't a plan or a thought process it was just a day I guess Wow, <laughs> that made me sign up for the course and I fell in love with it I I passed I did well I enjoyed my training um and then yeah I ended up working as and for nine years um in the field
0: wow even at this early stage I take my hat off to you because I just think it, it's it's balls it, it's really brave to do something like that you know Because so essentially you're putting your life at risk aren't you Yes, but when you're in your 20s, you know you don't think of things like that, Marcus. <laughs> you're never going to die, right? We're all infallible. <laughs> of course, yeah, we're going to live forever. So what, what did um, an average, I don't know if, this, if there's any such thing as an average week or an average month, you know, what would an average job look like? Was there such thing as an average job? I
1: think my most common job, because I wasn't a full-time bodyguard, yeah. um, because a full-time bodyguard needs to really give up all connection with family, friends. Yeah, um, you you put your client at risk. So yeah. I only chose the part-time route. Yeah, um, and my average client tended to be tourists. So a lot South Africa has quite a bad rep for crime. Yeah, um, and so tourists would pay for someone to walk around with them, look after their purses and handbags, and make sure they weren't mugged. Yeah. So, you know, on an average day, I'd visit quite a lot of tourist attractions, Robben Island, Table Mountain. I mean, there's some beautiful sites in South Africa. Yeah. Um, And basically just walk around making sure no one got mugged. Wow. So not that uh, exciting. I think more exciting, I did a lot of business dinners where I'd go with the businessman and pretend to be the secretary. Wow. Um, And basically just eat great food no (laughs) alcohol while you're on the job
0: yeah
1: um but keep an eye out to make sure that he attended the dinner and got home safely
0: i mean you say it's not very exciting but it sounds like female james bonds to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) it looks glamorous from the outside markets but i can tell you when everyone else is having a good time and you are for four five six hours with your eyes glued to doors and exits and on full alert. It can be quite tiring. Wow. Um, when, especially if you love dancing like I do and you cannot dance. Yeah. And you cannot <laughs> drink and you cannot partake in any of the fun because yeah. you are on duty, right? Wow. So it
0: sounds glamorous, but, you know, when you're actually in it, it can be quite tedious. Going back to guns and bombs, which is... It's probably the coolest thing anyone said on my podcast. <laughs> I'm not glamorising them by any chance, um, but what was your experience of of coming across weapons of that nature?
1: Well, um, my in my training was the first time I fired a weapon um, or or saw or dismantled a bomb. Yeah. Um, and so I, I mean, the first time I fired a weapon was very exciting. They took us into the sand dunes, and you get this cardboard cutout of a man, yeah. with a target on his chest. And even though I didn't hit the target, I did hit him, I think, in the arm and the head. Yeah. And that was still exciting. I still got it, right? <laughs> um, and, of course, over time, you get better until you start hitting the target. But, um, yeah, th- that was quite exciting. I think, you know, a funny story about, you know, perceptions. is We moved to the UK six years ago. And yeah. I sat across the desk in a boring insurance job that I had um, with another guy. And he asked me a question, which… I heard as, do you have a gun? That's because right. that's what I was used to. Yeah. And I answered, not in this country. I left it back home. <laughs> and his eyes opened and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what did you ask me? And apparently he asked me, do you have a garden?
0: All right. Um,
1: <laughs> Which, you know, it's all about perception because in South Africa, everyone has a garden. It's not yeah. a normal question to ask. Yeah. But do you have a garden is a normal question to yeah. ask. Yeah. Where in the UK, do you have a garden is a normal question to ask. So now I listen very carefully and I don't usually answer with "gun first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, how do you go from being a bodyguard to working in insurance? Because that must seem like a bit of a come down. I'm not criticising well, the job in insurance, but it must, it's such a, a drastic career change.
1: Well, it was marketing in insurance. I was—I um, looked after direct marketing. Yeah. And uh, as I said, marketing is all about understanding the client, and being a bodyguard is all about understanding the client. So when you really spend your time understanding the client, you can then make the decisions which will attract them, draw them, motivate them to buy you know, and being a bodyguard makes them not shoot your clients. Uh, So you're really just using your skills to motivate someone
0: to do something that you want them to do or not want them to do. Yeah. I find this conversation amazing. And obviously I don't want to keep pressing you about being a bodyguard because obviously you've moved away from that now. But just a few more questions because I'm I'm so intrigued. So my apologies. But I just wanted to ask about maybe some of the most frightening or scary experiences you might have had in that world and maybe you weren't scared because i think you're much braver than i am but are there any experiences that you could share where you generally thought your your life was at risk i was very fortunate in my nine years i was only involved in two shootouts um
1: and it's difficult to know if i was scared during because you have such an adrenaline rush and you're so job is to make sure your client gets to safety that's yeah. that's all you're thinking about yeah I mean I did probably have a little cry afterwards when yeah. once the client was safe and everyone was good you know yeah. Just have a little like oh my god I could have died <laughs> uh, moment yeah um but yeah as I said very fortunate in my career to only have been involved in
0: in two incidents like that that's amazing i like how you say you know i've only been involved in two shootouts i'd love to say oh, i've only been involved in four <laughs> but that's... well
1: i've never i never lost a client yeah. and i never got injured myself so yeah. for me that's
0: success that's wonderful that's amazing so what brought you to the uk um my company um an insurance company actually transferred us here yeah uh,
1: i looked after europe middle eastern africa um their marketing teams and um it was more cost effective for me to tra- travel from here than it was from South Africa.
0: Yeah. So, so we were offered the move, and we jumped at it. We love it here. Okay, wonderful. Um, how does the UK compare to South Africa? What's the living experience like in the UK compared to South Africa?
1: Well, there's not enough sun is yeah. is probably the first thing i can say i yeah. i miss sun quite badly although the last two years the summers have been pretty good we've yeah. been lucky yeah i think the other big thing is crime um when we first moved here in south africa you grow up with crime it's part of life so you build automatic responses and i suppose being a bodyguard gave me even more awareness of it so yeah. for example I'll, I still to this day won't ever sit with my back to an open door yeah. I need to be facing it so you build up automatic responses and living in South Africa things like double checking all your doors and windows before you go to bed yeah driving around the block to make sure no one's following you home before you pull pulling your yard yeah there's automatic things that you learn don't put your handbag on your front seat keep it in the boots of your car yeah um and so the, when we got here it took us almost 3 months to realize that we didn't need to do those things anymore. Right. Um and we found out we were saving half an hour a day. Yeah. in time for just not doing all those automatic safety checks that yeah. we that were inbuilt in us. Yeah. Um, the first time I woke up and my kids weren't in the house, I had a heart attack. Right. But now they hop on their bikes and go riding and they'll do it before we wake up and I'm fine. Yeah. I know they'll come home. Yeah. Where in South Africa, they weren't even allowed to go to the park without me. You right. Know, it, was, it was very different. Yeah. We went a little bit overboard. One day the neighbor woke us up because we'd left the keys in the front door overnight. Right. Okay. So we did relax a little bit too much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Would it go too far in the <laughs> um, direction?
1: So we've had to, you know, get a middle ground again. But yeah. it's it really is on I mean, still I would advise no one to be stupid. Yeah. You know, don't leave your keys in your front door overnight. That's just asking for trouble. Of course. But there is a different level of safety here.
0: Yeah. Um, which which we really love and appreciate. Yeah. The last thing I'm gonna ask you that is related to your former career is just about adrenaline because Like you mentioned, I've only been in a few shootouts. (laughs) Or, you know, the um the the rush of having to look after a client knowing that there may be danger in the in in the atmosphere. Do you still do you miss that adrenaline rush or do you do anything these days to recapture that rush of adrenaline or do you just avoid it full stop?
1: Oh, I miss it terribly. Um there's nothing like it for two reasons. The one is I've got quite an active brain. And when I've got a problem, you know, with marketing or with a, something I'm working on or tax returns or, you know, one of yeah. the boring parts of life, yeah. it can often churn around in my brain for, forever. Yeah. Um, and what I found is working as a bodyguard, that was my stress release. It sounds very odd. Yeah. But because for that moment you cannot, or that three hours or five hours or day, whatever long the job is, You cannot physically think of anything else but your client and the situation you're in. Yeah. You're actually giving your brain a rest from the other problems, the mundane problems that that it's facing. Yeah. And when you get back into your real life, actually, you find that you've solved it. Like, it's easier to think objectively about it. It's easier to come up with solutions. Yeah. Um, And so that I miss a lot. I miss that. So I have to... Try other things. And, you know, I go go karting with my son. Yeah. I'm i'm petrified of heights, actually. And so what I do is I challenge myself at least every six months to do something height related. Okay. Like in November, when we could still go out, I yeah. went uh, gliding. Wow. Which was terrifying, but the adrenaline rush was amazing. Wow. As I went twice, actually. <laughs> um, so, you know, I try and find ways to still have that. That break, that release.
0: Yeah. Um to to fill that gap. Yeah. And just go back again, what was your you said you do you were doing um you were working as a bodyguard part time. So yes. what was your primary job? Or what was your insurance. Sorry,
1: insurance, so insu- marketing. Ins- insurance
0: marketing. Insurance and marketing. Eric was my day job yeah erica your life is amazing oh, thank <laughs> your, you your, very life, much. your life is amazing and um I'm, I'm inspired and i think i need to be a bit more bold, bold in some of the things that i do so you've really inspired me well you can come gliding with me now. <laughs> or I, th- I might be busy that day you know i've <laughs> I've, I've, I've not got the um I'm, I'm not the best with heights either i used to have a fear of flying which okay. comes and goes so I always do a little prayer before I get on a plane. <laughs> and you know, I always have to watch out for what the S uh, stewards and stewardesses are doing just to check that they they look happy and they're smiling. Okay. But yeah, yeah, conquering but your fears. That's fear your dream big, big... Yeah, I suppose so, but it, it's still safer than gliding, I suppose. Who knows? Who knows? Um let's play something. Let's have a bit of fun. Uh with every guest that comes on my podcast, I always play a game of would you rather. This is to find out a little bit more about you, how you think, what you would do in situation A or situation B. And it's just a bit of fun. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions, Erica, just to see, would you rather do this or would you rather do that? I'd like you to give an answer as quickly as possible. And I might also ask you why you chose this one. Is that okay? All right. Okay. Yes. So Erica McKay, 10 questions. Here we go with would you rather. Some of them are quite silly. Some of them are serious, but here we go. So the first one is a silly one. Would you rather eat as much chocolate as you want forever without any negative side effects or receive a one-off payment of one million pounds? Oh, that's so easy. One-off one-off payment, please. One-off payment of one million pounds. I don't eat chocolate. Are you more of a savory person? Uh, no, I actually have a very sweet tooth, but I can't stand chocolate. Oh, right. You're missing out so much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, second question. Would you rather be the first person to explore a planet or would you rather be the inventor of a drug that cures a deadly disease?
1: Ooh, explore the planet. I love finding out new things.
0: Yeah, any planets you'd like to go to? (laughs) Any planet. Any planet, any planet, fantastic. Question number three. Would you rather end hunger across the world or hatred across the world? Oh,
1: I think it will be hatred
0: I've experienced a lot of hatred in my life I
1: think I'll, I'd like to end that
0: Wonderful Okay A bit more of a shallow one Would you rather Never be able to use search engines Like Google Or never be able to use social media again?
1: Oh the pain
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is a first world problem
1: Oh my goodness Okay I think I'll choose social media Because how do you live without Google?
0: Okay Can you live without social media? It will be hard, but much harder (laughs) than if I can't look up stuff on Google. Fair enough, fair enough. Just out of interest, is there a a social media platform that you use more than others?
1: Oh, LinkedIn is my game. I get uh, 50% of my
0: clients through LinkedIn and I've never ever done a sales pitch. Fantastic. Wonderful. Next question. Would you rather change jobs every few years or keep one job for the rest of your life? I already do change jobs every three years, so that's me. So changing jobs, that's fine. Next question. Would you rather have a completely automated home where you can tell your taps to come on, tell your lights to switch on and off, or have a self-driving car?
1: Self-driving car, because I get lost even when I'm following the GPS,
0: so. (laughs) Self-driving car it is, wonderful. Question number seven. Would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Fly. Fear of heights conquered. I definitely (laughs) want to fly. You can fly without the glider as well. You can just do it, It's like super. I know, even better. Fantastic. Question eight. Would you rather have a lifetime subscription to Netflix or an unlimited gift card to Starbucks? Whew okay starbucks i love the chai tea lattes (laughs) is there anything that you'd watch on netflix that you'd recommend to millions and millions of listeners
1: you see i because i'm a detective i love any detective series scorpion is awesome right looking for something great um yeah there's, i mean there's quite a few detective series agatha raisin right uk favorite Um, and season two is out now enjoying that (laughs) good plug And anything agatha christie anything you can't beat a good agatha christie perot all day wonderful
0: i don't think it's on netflix but true detective is fantastic
1: oh Um, okay i'll have a look
0: yeah that's one to look out for it's great question number nine almost there would you rather be stranded in the jungle or stranded in the desert
1: can i choose neither i
0: have to choose one right <laughs> You'd have to
1: choose i need one. i i'm a water person i like you should have said like is it a desert island in the sea no
0: <laughs> no it's it's, it's um, the scenario, all right isn't it? i'll have to stick to jungle then stick uh, to jungle. i love yeah water water's good water's good fantastic and last one would you rather have a bottomless glass of your favorite drink or a petrol tank that you never have to fill up again mm. Okay, I'm going to go with the bottomless glass of a Cosmopolitan, which is my favourite drink in the world. Cosmopolitan it is. Fantastic. That is Would You Rather. End of the questions. Thanks for playing that. That's absolutely fantastic. That was fun. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, you. good, good. So coming towards the back end, I'm just going to ask you about people who are searching for a, a dream job or starting their own business. You've got some great life experiences. If you were to give someone else some advice about you know, being brave, going for their dream job, their dream career, their dream business, what sort of advice would you give to that person?
1: I think my best advice is say yes. Opportunities come and we, we doubt ourselves, we get scared and then we often say no. And what I've found is I've never regretted the yes, as I've said, but I have wondered about the no's, yeah. if it would have helped me or led me somewhere else. Um, and when I have said no to an opportunity, it's usually been because I've been too scared to take the leap. Yeah. But saying yes just opens the world and then give it your all. So that would be my advice. Opportunities are everywhere if our eyes are open and we are ready to say yes.
0: Love that. Opportunities are everywhere. I love that. I absolutely love that. Erica, that is brilliant. Just finally, if people want to find you, if people want to find you online, if people want to find you on social media, can you tell us of any, any links that people can search for to find you? So
1: the marketingdetectiveagency.com is my website. If you follow hashtag marketingdetective on LinkedIn, you'll find all my posts and my LinkedIn is just erica Mackay. So feel free to follow me.
0: Wonderful. Erica, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I have a car alarm going off outside my office, so hopefully that's not coming across now. But just to wrap this up and say, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I'd love to speak to you again, talking about the marketing detective agency, talking about being a bodyguard because I find it amazing I think that's come across in this phone call That my enthusiasm for this subject it's absolutely blown my mind but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you I hope you have a great rest of the week and rest of the year thank you for joining me
1: thanks so much Marcus you keep well as well take care
0: Well, you've made it this far so thanks for listening to this episode of so this works i hope these insights and conversations help to inspire you and please come back for the next one which i hope will encourage you in some way for more information about the podcast please visit the website sothisworks.co.uk and i hope you'll join me again soon and until next time take care